recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. Take these broken wings, it's Mr. Mister. Broken wings. Son of a beasting. Chris. I thought it was about a tree falling. I thought I was talking about a person going down. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Carmella. My vodka is telling me that no, they didn't. And the answer is yes, they were in 1854. You lied to me. Ben. Jonathan was literally, he was literally about to break things. He wasn't kidding. He was about to get it from his desk and destroy something valuable. (laughs) And the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan and I am here today with an awesome crowd of, is everybody from New Jersey or are you from New York? No, New Jersey. New Jersey, New Jersey. Jersey. Oh boy, I'm surrounded by people from New Jersey. Send help. On my left, from left to right, across your radio dial, we are starting with Mr. Drew Buxbaum. Say hello, Drew. Hey. It's, it could be worse. It could be with all Boston people. Whoa. <laughs> no, I couldn't have been. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. That wouldn't have happened. <laughs> I have Mr. Jeffrey Seguritan in the house. Hello, Jeffrey. Hey, everyone. I am here with the illustrious gentleman, Jim. Hello. Hello, Jim. And last but not least... Mr. Steven Vetter is in the house. Hello, Steven. How you doing? Welcome to the show, guys. So, really quick, I want to get to know you guys a little bit better. Now, Jeffrey, everybody knows you yeah. like pretty well already. Has anything changed? No. All right, I'm Jeffrey still and I have going been... about playing trivia, meeting folks in the community, and I enjoy it. Jeffrey and I have been playing games together for three straight days now. Oh, I feel like I got to know him really well at this point. Drew, my man. Hey. Tell people about yourself. Tell people about Nerd Off. Okay. So I've always been big into trivia, but I got more into it almost two years ago now, starting listening to Trivial Warfare. Started my own podcast called Nerd Off. Nowhere quite near your level of success and quality, but it's still a fun time. I know. Just started. I know, but it's uh, it's still a fun time. Uh, We love it. If you like trivia at all, check it out. That's the beautiful thing about the trivia community. There's not enough podcasts to go around for what we're all looking for. I've started going out and playing more pub trivia than I had been doing recently, and I'm loving it. Jeffrey's usually uh, a regular teammate of mine, so that's why we're teaming up today. Awesome. I love that. Jim, you are a host in the area, man. Tell people about your shows. I currently have one. I've actually stepped back a little bit, but I have had as many as five in a week. Uh, Regular week-in, week-out scheduled uh, pub trivia I've been hosting for about seven years now, which sort of frightens me when I say that out loud. (laughs) And I started out as, you know, sort of your typical, how can I be the toughest trivia host? Oh, crap. No, no, that's how I started. And uh, after a number of of, uh, years of watching people leave halfway through because I was asking questions like, who was the... uh, 
Secretary of the Treasury under Rutherford B. Hayes. <laughs> you know, you sort of learn your lesson and say, well, maybe you better ask a little more Brady Bunch and a little less Rutherford B. Hayes. In any case, I, I try to, I have a freewheeling game. I do a lot of crowd participation with questions. I'm not really a this side of the room, that side of the room guy, but uh, I'm really more there for a good time Absolutely. than anything else. And where do you host? I currently host Monday Night Trivia at George Street Alehouse in New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'm also available for, let's see, I've done corporate events. I've done uh, bridal showers. I have done uh, a couple of uncomfortable weddings. Uh, <laughs> bat mitzvah, mitzvah. I, I, I haven't done a bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah yet, but I could not be more uncomfortable than the weddings that I did. <laughs> Always seems like a good idea, but maybe your aunt and uncle aren't necessarily in on your interests. Well, welcome, my friend. We are glad to have you. And Mr. Stephen Vetter, introduce yourself, tell people where you're from, what you do, and tell them about last night. Hi, I'm Stephen Vetter. I've lived in Jersey my whole life. What a great state. What do you do for a living? I actually work with cops. You work with the cops? Uh, like I'm a, a, you're an informer? <laughs> I'm in a private company that provides fingerprint computers and crime scene products. Oh. Like the, the light in CSI? Yeah. We make that. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's pretty cool. It's fun as hell. And uh, you were there with us last night, my friend. Tell people how that went. So we had a big meetup last night at uh, the Firehouse Restaurant in yeah. Rahway, New Jersey. It's always a blast there, especially with, you know, certain animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there was free candy. They, the person walked in with a clothes hamper full of candy. Is this normal? Every week. Every week. So the It actually seemed a little white. It seemed light. No, no, everybody, about normal. <laughs> everybody else seemed heavier once it was gone. <laughs> it was a hamper full of candy. I'm not kidding. It's like hundreds of dollars worth of candy. Yes. And the top teams in each round would win the candy. It's craziness. It was craziness, guys. We had a great time with everybody who came out to the firehouse last night, which was third, what, Friday, Friday night? Yep, and yes. uh, the night before, we had a meetup, too. Yes. We had a meetup. Jeffrey was there. It was in Philadelphia, and we played at the Bard's Tavern in Philadelphia and had a fantastic crew there. Absolutely. Man, I can't tell you how much I love it when I get to get on the road and uh, come to where you guys are and get to hang out and play a game. It's the best thing ever. So thank you all who came out and enjoyed that. Uh, by the way, and we took down officially our first win last night. Which we've had a second place curse for a long time where when I go out, my teams would always finish in second. So last night, we brought home the bacon. And by bacon, I mean candy-covered bacon because that was candy. Well, it's a good thing we won because only the winning team gets a shot of insulin after the candy. <laughs> we won a grill, by the way. It was, was the way you don't win like, you don't win like <laughs> restaurant credit. We won a grill. That was crazy. And so, guys, just so you know, a couple of things. We are in a hotel room today. We're at a Holiday Inn Express here in Avenel of Avenel. Is that where the yeah, city we're in? Yeah, Woodbridge. Woodbridge. Yeah. All right. So we're in a hotel in New Jersey. And so the sound quality today isn't, uh, isn't the normal sound quality. We are in a small room, and I imagine you're hearing an echo. Uh, but you know what? We're all gathered around a single microphone. We're going to make the best of it. 
You'll also notice that my voice is crap right now. I'm projecting as loudly as I can project because I lost my voice halfway through the week. I spent the entire week at Podcast Movement in Philadelphia and uh, had a marvelous, marvelous time. I had made some connections that I'm excited about for the future, but mostly reconnected with awesome podcasters. For you guys who are fans of the show, who are listening right now, love you guys so much. It was absolutely great to see you. All right, so enough with the preludes and the intros. I think it's time to play a game, all right? I think it's time for Warm It Up. Jeff? It's time to warm it up. A trivial warfare today. And there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA. And that's Chris. And sometimes Jonathan. So what I came, given that, you know, we're all from Jersey except Jonathan here. I wanted to introduce a bit of a Jersey flavor to this show. You know, folks from Jersey know very well the New Jersey Turnpike. I drove on it yesterday. I hated it. Oh, I hated it so much. (laughs) Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, a large stretch of that turnpike uh, overlaps with uh, I-95. You know, what's notable about the turnpike is that there are several rest areas that are named after famous people that have some tie to New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of these people will be folks that um, that okay, you would know yeah. pretty well. Maybe a couple that are a bit more obscure, but we'll see how it goes uh, in this uh, round. I've got, there are 12 rest stops, so I've got 12 names. And what I'm going to do is I've written a clue for each of the names on oh, cool. of the rest Oh, stops. that's really so, cool. So you're going to have to guess the person that has a tie to New Jersey based on the clue. Okay, so the first one that I have is built an industrial research lab in a place named after a California town. Built in an industrial research lab in a place named for a California town. I am absolutely hung up on this. A place in New Jersey named after a place in California. I've got a guess. Steven's I got think a guess. I'm, I think I'm the last one in the room on this one. I have a guess. Well, none of us are confident, but we all have guesses. Right. A place in California. I wish they all could be California towns. I am drawing a complete blank. So it's named the rest area? It is a name of a rest area, that, and it's a name that you know very well. You want some help? Oh. Sure, I'll take a I'll take a hint. I'll take a second step. Is it Edison? It is Edison. Oh, the town was okay. Yes, <laughs> the Wizard of Menlo Park. Park. So Menlo Park, New Jersey, is actually named after a Menlo Park in California. He said New I, Jersey, and he said research. And I'm that, like, yeah, yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Okay, next one. Stephen led a humanitarian endeavor in the United States after a visit to Geneva, Switzerland. It has to be Clara Barton, right? That's Clara Barton. I'm so glad you got that one. <laughs> Head of the uh, American <laughs> Red Cross. Founder of the American Red Cross is from oh, the Swiss, Clara the, Barton. The reverse of the Swiss flag, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it is. Great. I knew those two. Watching uh, that. No, that's my turn. <laughs> Jonathan, you're next. I'm so stressing out. This was a volunteer nurse during the Civil War and a well-known poet considered the father of free verse. I don't know who the father of free verse is, but I know that Walt Whitman's associated with New Jersey, so I'm going to guess Walt Whitman. It is Walt Whitman. All right. Nice. 
There was a bridge. I crossed a Walt Whitman Bridge this week. <laughs> yep. Philly, yeah. Yeah. So, Drew, your question came from a family that is the namesake of a famous sports town. James Fenimore Cooper. And created character Natty Bumpo. And yes, <laughs> it is James Fenimore Cooper. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because uh, on Wednesday we, we had that play. Yeah, there was a, it was a picture category and it involved James Fenimore Cooper. It was a setup. And we learned, the host had told us he that... He asked you what order to go in. Oh my god. <laughs> the host had told us that Cooperstown is named after the family um, of which uh, James Fenimore Cooper is the son. Really? So, and I was sitting there going, there's a rest stop name for him, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. Jim. Sure. U.S. president that ran on a campaign platform of new freedom. The one that comes to mind... For U.S. president would be Woodrow Wilson. It is Woodrow Wilson. Nice okay. job. By the way, if y'all hear like ringing, it's the elevator, which is right outside the door. It's like, boom. I can hear it, so I know they can hear it. Did you check off the box that said close to the elevators? Yeah. <laughs> I When I got here, I realized they had put me in a double queen room. And I'm like, I need a couch. I need a table. Yeah. Steven, your question. Either a legend or a composite myth. This is considered to be a nickname given to women who carried water to soldiers in battle. Molly Pitcher. Yes, it's Molly Pitcher. I could have got that one. <laughs> so you can tell these are names that you know very well. Uh, so your question, Jonathan, it's just a quote. I think I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. Mm, shoot, I don't know who that is. Is it Dickinson? It's not Dickinson. Anyone know this, Jim? I have I, I oh, that is Joyce Kilmer. Joyce Kilmer. Okay, yeah. that's that's, that's a Pavlov. If uh, you hear that quote, it'll be Joyce Kilmer. Okay, I saw her name on something this week, but I didn't know who she was. I know Val Kilmer. Yeah, the nipple man, the nip, nipple <laughs> Batman. That was Clooney. Didn't he keep him? Were they, they kept George off? Clooney's nipples? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's better than did, shaving did, them off. Did Kilmer's suit have nipple suits? I know Clooney's was the one that was famous assume for it. I did. Clooney was famous for the bat nips. Anyway. <laughs> Drew, I'm sorry. This is going to be a, uh, a tough one. Hey, you dude. gave me Joyce Kilmer, dude. So this they get worse. I, I can think of a couple of restaurants yeah, that are worse. This was a leader of a group of Quakers who settled in Salem, New Jersey. Who is the dude from the Quaker Oats box? <laughs> that guy has a name. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't remember either, but he's got a name. I have no idea. Jim, what do you got? I I would just like to point out right now, I missed the most obvious, easiest one so far. Even on the rest? But Richard Stockton? That's no. not that one. Ah! <laughs> oh. It is uh, John Fenwick. So that's one of the tougher names on the list that maybe really? not New Jersey folks won't know. He's what? His other history in New Jersey. Yeah, no, he's a yeah. We're getting there. We've got one more round. So since uh, um, there on, are twelve, I, I get the Stockton question. So you've got uh, Jim appears on the front of the latest issue of the U.S. One Thousand Dollar Bill, and by latest, it was like in the thirties or so. So that would be. A $1,000 bill, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's a president. I think that's, I mean, Samuel Chase was on the $10,000 bill. Yeah. We all, we all knew that in seventh grade. Does anybody else have this? 
I have a wild guess. You have a wild guess? I think it is a president. I'm leaning toward it, actually. What do you think? I don't... Oh, I, I do have it. I do have it. It's uh, Grover Cleveland. It is Grover Cleveland. Big nice. Steve! <laughs> Born in Caldwell. I, there you go. His house is right on the main drag. He went on to become the governor of New York, interestingly. Yeah. True. And uh, the $10,000 bill. I think that's Salmon. Salmon. Salmon, Salmon, Salmon Chase. 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 I'm sorry. So, uh, Who's not the founder of Chase Banks, by the way. <laughs> not related. Stephen, your question. Founder of the U.S. Coast Guard and the newspaper New York Post. God. I got this one. I ain't surprised. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank right now. Don't throw away your shot, dude. <laughs> Don't worry me many of those. I'm going to regret not knowing this one. You really are. You really <laughs> are. There are two things now that you're going to regret not knowing. What is it? I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. It's Alexander Hamilton. Don't Al- throw away your shot. It's from, it's from <laughs> a musical. I gave you like the leading song yes. of the thing yeah. in my joke there. Never saw it. So. Oh, I haven't seen it either. Well, that's not true. <laughs> no, but 5,000 people were just screaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, more than that. Yeah. <laughs> more than that. We're like, oh, my God. I'm just talking about the ones who are screaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, Jonathan, yours is Stockton. <laughs> it's not Stockton. Okay, well, give it to me. Stockton. Stockton. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do Jonathan's first. Uh, famous American sports coach who said, mm. winners never quit and quitters never win. A sports coach from New Jersey. Winners never buy. That's old school thinking right there. I'm so like I would get this one. Yeah, you can make the joke, sure. No, no. Uh, take your shot. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'll just guess John Wooden. It's not Wooden. Anyone want to chime in? The hint is stopping for a burger and to use the restroom isn't everything. It's the only thing. That's his other... Also, the name of the, the answer. Also, the name I, of the I, high I school. High school in the Ramones Rock and Roll High School movie. <laughs> what do you got, Stephen? <laughs> Vince Lombardi. Vince, Vince Lombardi. Lombardi. Lombardi's from New Jersey. He is. Uh, he I coached for the Giants uh, um, before he yeah. went to the Packers. Never would have guessed that. Buried in Middletown, New Jersey. Born and died in Princeton, New Jersey, and the first person from New Jersey to sign the Declaration of Independence. This is a real, this is a real stumper here. Um, <laughs> tough pull. Gonna need a little time. Oh, Stockton. It is Stockton. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, I never would have got that. All right, that is your warrant. That, that is warrant. Thank you, Jeffrey. That was really well done. That was awesome. What do you have on the back of your phone? Oh, it's one of those rings. I, I don't like the pop sockets, but the ring. You love nice. it so much, you put a ring on it. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that is loving your phone. Is your phone's name Beyonce? No. <laughs> hey, folks, this is Jonathan, and I am breaking in. Before we start today's game, I want to let you know that you did it. What did you do? You got on your computer and on your phone and you went to podcastawards.com and nominated Trivial Warfare for the Games and Hobbies category and the People's Choice Awards. And you did it in 11 days and we got on the slate in both categories. You came in late. We didn't even tell you until less than two weeks before it was over and you all came through. It was incredible. 
So the awards show is going to be online. It is on September 30th. Between now and then, there are a thousand plus people who are reviewing the shows and voting on their quality. Uh, we're really excited to be nominated in both categories. The By the way, the People's Choice category is the overarching award. It is the best picture, essentially, of the uh, podcast awards. So there's no bigger place for us to be nominated than that. And I am super excited. Thank you so much to everybody who went out there and voted. You did your part. Now we'll see how the show stacks up against the competition. All right, let's go ahead and get on with today's game. All right, guys. So today's game, it's going to be Jonathan and Steven versus Jeffrey and Drew. Jim is going to be hosting, and it is time to play the game. Play us. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what time it is. This is Mr. Literateur himself, cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia goodness. Three questions per round. Every right answer gets you 10 points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all those points you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions we call The Gauntlet. It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on. All right, it's over to you, Jim. All right. So, round one, question number one, we're just gonna jump right in. And the subject for the first question is, my birthday's coming up, I can't wait for that $10 from my nana. (laughs) <laughs> That's the category? Wow. That's the category. <laughs> All right. She gives you 10? <laughs> Your Dana gives me 10, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First question is, how many digits are there in the bank routing transfer number on the bottom of a check? Yeah, you can't pull your checkbook <laughs> out, dude. That's not um, wait, you have a checkbook with you? You are I write checks all the time. You are my nana. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, <laughs> can I have ten dollars? <laughs> Actually, that's like, you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to We're gonna lock in over here. All right. We're kind of stuck between the numbers seven or eight right now. Yeah. I would go with two. There's definitely <laughs> there mean, are definitely two numbers oh, in man. the number. And Jonathan is right. There are at least two numbers. Yeah, if you say at least two, we're correct. And I've written this before <laughs> because whenever on. I deposit checks and you have to fill in the slip, you gotta write the uh the or routing you number. get the mobile depositing. I don't do that. <laughs> so it helps that I've written this number before. And I think mine is like it's like oh three one Something, something. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> What's the account number on that, Jeff? Not the account number. This is the routing number. So, yeah, I was thinking seven or eight, but I'm, as I visualize it on the page, I, I'm thinking more seven. When you put those two down, seven was the one I said, so I'm cool with that. Okay, then we're locked in with seven. Seven. So, Stephen wrote down nine, and I wrote down eight. I don't believe it's seven. I, I really don't believe it's seven. In my mind, you know, when you look at a string of numbers, do you guys automatically kind of break it up in your head? Okay, I do. And typically, I break it up into threes. And so, I feel like if it was nine, I feel like I would remember in my heart three, 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 
for that length. I'm remembering in my heart 332. So we kind of talked a little bit about it, and Stephen went with me, and so we said eight. Okay. So the routing transfer number, first of all, Jeffrey, I'm curious, what bank are you depositing checks into that you have to write the routing transfer number? You have to put it any time that you're um, setting up like a PayPal account right. or any kind of anything yeah, to right. deposit from online banking into an account. Yes. You have to use it. And the, and the deposit slips require account number, routing number. Well, the routing numbers are usually pre-printed because they're, pre they're like set on the, the checks. Yeah. Are you just but. handing piles of money to people with a, <laughs> with a, written on a napkin? I it's, hope not. <laughs> it's obviously for the drug deals. Is your is your bank located <laughs> behind another building? Uh, <laughs> um, so no, it's not seven. It's not seven. And uh, I I will point out Team Tall as we're calling them Team Tall and Team Wide. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, speak. Actually, let's be honest. We could be team tall and wide yes. if you want to go that direction. I think this whole room could be team wide, but the I like that you deferred to Jonathan as uh, very kind since we're in his hotel room it's on his nice. podcast. But you, Jonathan, the hubris of not deferring to the man who just told us that he carries around a checkbook. The correct answer is nine. Oh. Gentlemen, gentlemen, can we look at the only number I wrote down on my piece of paper? <laughs> you said you said seven. Well, he said he was sure it wasn't nine. You just nine. wrote the nine down after Jeffrey, the question. Jeffrey, back me up. What was yes. this? He's a sleight of hand artist. Oh, my gosh. I wish. All right. Make more money that way. <laughs> question number two. I, I apologize for nothing. Uh, the category is, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for those meddling kids. Which, of course, means it's going to be a metallurgy question. <laughs> like the zoinks, Scoop. Zoinks. Question number two. What alloy is made from a combination of copper and zinc? I'm, I'm about 99% sure of that, because I think I've asked this one. That he said and a trivia night I hosted. We can lock in. Oh, are you locking in? We're going to lock in. All right. So I think we were both having the same conversation. There's there's two of these alloys that are popular to ask questions about. There's copper and zinc, and there's copper and tin. And the two that I wrote down were bronze and brass. And we're leaning towards bronze at the moment. Uh, why were you leaning towards it? Just It sounded right to me. It was the first one I thought of. It's the first one you thought of, too? I'm, I'm worried about copper and tin, I'll be honest with you. Are there any other alloys that I'm not thinking of? Obviously, there's lots of alloys I'm not thinking of, but are there any in this reddish metal material family? Those are the main ones. I don't can't see a question or anything else. All right, I'm, I'm afraid that it's wrong, but we're going to go bronze. We went the other one. We went brass. So your first instinct was bronze, you said. Unfortunately, the answer is brass. Yeah. I did. I, yes. So follow on bonus question. There is a company, a manufacturer that exists today that is one of the oldest companies in the world still operating. And what they are primarily known for uses brass. Their main product uses brass. They are one of the oldest continuously operating manufacturing companies in the world. Can you tell me the name of that company? No. 
<laughs> also no. <laughs> Would you like a hint? Yes. No, not for a bonus. Not for a bonus? Not for okay. Bonus, no. Any idea, dude? We're we'll we'll lock in. Okay. I got bubkiss, dude. I mean I really I really don't have much of a clue. I, I, old companies, I would think British or English. And that's literally as far as I've gotten. I can't think of any reasonable answer. All right, we don't have an answer for the bonus. So our thought process, Jeffrey immediately went, okay, brass, let's think about instruments. My thought process was, okay, Yamaha makes a lot of varieties of instruments. Sounds like it could be an older company than we're thinking of. I'm not sure how many of the brass instruments they, they make, but we had nothing better, so we went Yamaha. Okay, you were in the right, headed in the right direction with instruments. I don't believe that Yamaha is particularly known for making this instrument. I don't uh, think so. This brass instrument would be cymbals. And oh. Zildjian symbol, the Avidus Zildjian symbol, the Avidus Zildjian symbol company of Istanbul, Turkey. Wow. That's a great question. That's, That's interesting. an amazing question. Dates back to, I believe, the mid-16th century, the 1540s or something like that. That's wow. awesome. We were stuck on, like, brass fittings, like plumbing and that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, question I three. I used to play the tuba. This was a Yamaha direction. tuba. Were they really? They, they made it, yeah. Question number three for round number one. Nobody puts my trivia team in a corner. Mm-hmm. Straight up the straight up the middle movie question. In the film Dirty Dancing, what is the name of the Catskills Resort where the story takes place? I hope you know this crap because I ain't seen Dirty Dancing in 20 plus years. Me too. 20, no, 30 plus years. No, I haven't seen about the same time. Oh, dude, we're going to get zero points this whole game. Uh, don't feel bad because if my mother hadn't already passed, she'd die for me not knowing this because this is one of her favorite movies that I've had to sit through a million times. I don't know what the hell that says, dude. That looks like hieroglyphics. Steven's handwriting's worse than mine is. I'm impressed. How long did it take you to build that that language you're using? Many years. <laughs> All right. I'm fine. I don't have a better answer. And so hold on. I think, what about? I think. So is that possible? It's a local town in Jersey. Be close, but not. Well, you probably more thunder than I did. It's a complete guess. So. All right, let's go with this then. I have moderate thunder on that. All right, we're locked in. I'm feeling exceptionally dumb this morning. Where we're at right now is Jeffrey's like, I feel like it started with Keller. I'm like, holy crap, it's Kellerman. And he doesn't believe me at this point, and that's where we're at. I'm, I'm, trying, to, sure. I'm trying to see if something else comes to me with a bit more thunder than that, but... Sure I mean, I yeah. think we're I right think there. I just... it, it's popping for me for some reason, but... Yeah, I could be completely... I, it happens to me often. I mean, you said you've though. seen this a hundred times. Right? I guess not, not, in a a while. Million. not in a while, though. You said a million. I hated it as a kid, though, so... I distinctly heard... You know you practice dancing on the log across the river. Remind me Remind me later to show you a video clip from uh, a buddy's wedding where me and my buddies acted the lift. Oh <laughs> it's, it's, it's Kellerman. I'm about 90% sure. That's okay. what we'll go with. Locked in? Yeah, no, yeah, we locked in. We we didn't have any freaking idea. What were you thinking? I was thinking only because it's real. I mean, it was advertising, Mount Airy. But, but 
Yeah. The beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. <laughs> oh, what's that? It's a. It is a resort. Mount Airy Lodge is in Pennsylvania. Oh, it's in the okay, but maybe I thought Pocahontas. maybe they went up. That's not yeah. what we went with. But oh, it, it's, okay. Okay. yeah. No, okay. that is that is one of the things we were thinking. We ended up going with Mount Laurel. We thought Catskills. Maybe it was a mountain lodge. Okay. Maybe it started with Mount something, and so we guessed Mount Laurel. Okay, Mount Laurel. For those who are not savvy on their New Jersey legal precedents or geography. Mount Laurel is a town in southern New Jersey outside of Philadelphia, an area not known for its mountains. Kind of great. <laughs> Jonathan writes the zero in for himself because he sees I'm winding myself up to say, no, it is not Mount Laurel. Jeffrey and Drew, I believe you are locked in in your answer. No, there it was, their answer. Yeah, it was, it was Kellerman, but I'm actually now worried that it might be an H instead of a K. It might be Hellerman, but we're locked in with Kellerman. Yeah, well, it's it, a good what, thing because it's Kellerman. Okay. Yes. <laughs> nice. After the first round, Drew and Jeff have twenty. Jonathan and Stephen have zero. I didn't wake up this morning. Actually, by the way, the breakfast in this place was terrible. <laughs> they didn't have any cinnamon rolls. Their pancakes were crap. Their eggs were crap, and their coffee was crap. It was crap. I should have let you bring the coffee and donuts. <laughs> We should have asked Drew to take I still got a uh, sausage biscuit from McDonald's. If you're I, I ate. I'm not hungry, but it was terrible. Uh, and I'm blaming that for my poor performance absolutely. to start the game. Well, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That's right. It's brain food. You know, that's going to lead into question one of round number three. Oh, well, we got, can't get there yet. Oh, I, oh excuse me. Round number two. I oh, okay. Category is... A part of this balanced breakfast, which includes an entire pitcher of orange juice, a quart of milk, two pieces of toast, and what would would rightfully be considered dessert. Okay. <laughs> it's a question about breakfast cereal. You don't okay. remember that from the TV commercials? It's part of this balanced breakfast, and you see a bowl of... Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, so question number one. What breakfast cereal company manufactures alphabets, fruity pebbles, honeycomb, and grape nuts? <laughs> yeah, we're locked in. Locked in. <laughs> yeah, we agree. It's post. It's post. Post. Post it is. We there got we go. one. On board. All right. Question number two. This is going to be our first sports-related question of the game. Sports, I'm sports. really not much of a sports trivia guy. Uh-oh. But you have to have it in there. I mean, that's that's Somebody. international trivia law. There's 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 like at least a thousand people like, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. It's just you, a, you do you. Category is the line for hot dogs and beer has more people in it than my hometown. <laughs> what sports arena? has the highest seating capacity in the world. Can you define arena? That is the terminology that was used on the uh, the okay. list on Wikipedia. I, so what so I'm going to, to say arena is... Are we talking is, about like a stadium? It, or are we talking about like an open... It would include all destinations where sporting events are regularly held that are known for sporting events. Okay. So it would include your open air stadia. Yeah, I said stadia. Your your <laughs> I, it would include your your arenas, which for some reason is just arenas, not arena. 
uh, your open air, etc. Okay. And this is specifically seating capacity. It is listed Number. as seating capacity. You're looking for a qualifier, and I'd like to go a step further with to make it clearer. I do not know that they provide the seats. They have a seated capacity, but I don't know that they have that many actual chairs. Okay, then I want to go with that. Okay. I'm going with that. Oh, All, right. Okay. All right, we're locked in. And if it's wrong, it'll just be a long line, one of the long line of questions that I've been wrong about today. I'm with you. <laughs> yes, yes. Unfortunately, you're tied to my hip. <laughs> so originally, Jeffrey wrote down North Korea, and I remember there being a huge stadium yeah, there. Huge stadium so I was there. like, ooh, I think he's on the right track. But then when the qualifier of we're not sure if they provide all the seats, we took it to a more track route, and Jeffrey's thinking Churchill Downs. I don't know. I'm still feeling the stadium. Or it be North like Korea. a NASCAR one. Like, like uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That could be, because they have, like, the RV parking and stuff there. Yeah. That could be a good one. Maybe you can combine them. You can drink your mint julep while the you more kiss I the bricks. About it, I, let's, I yeah, let's, let's, okay, we'll lock in with Indianapolis Motor Indian, Speedway. Yeah. Okay. So, you started, what were you thinking at first? North Korea. And I was like, can you name the stadium in North Korea? Didn't ring a bell. Didn't, didn't have any. Praise be so, the glorious leader stadium. Exactly. So we, we went away from that. Uh, we pointed out that the big house in Ann Arbor is the biggest football stadium, at least in the U.S., and brought up Daytona 500, which is a massive, massive set of seats. But uh, I was on complete the list a few months ago against Colby and Joe, and our final question was about the capacity of Churchill Downs, and we had to get within 10%, and so we were guessing the highest guess was like 130,000 or something like that, and it was a, it was way less than the real number. The real number was over 250,000, so if it included, if it included, if, if this number includes people who are there who can bring their own chairs and sit wherever, then I felt pretty good about Churchill Downs. So we locked that in. With a published seating capacity of 237,000, what is listed as the largest sports venue in the world by seating capacity is the Indianapolis. Oh, so I'm going to ask look. a fact check. Yeah, okay. call for a fact check on Churchill Downs. Its official capacity is 165,000. Uh, the, the, the question that he asked was specifically about their record attendance. And so it didn't count all the other people who attended outside of the official capacity. Got it. And, yeah. and so, yeah, uh, the number that I saw for the highest attendance at Indy was 350,000. Yeah. Um, but 237,000 seating capacity for Indianapolis. Great job. Nice job. Speedway. That's, they didn't even talk about Indy. Quick, I wouldn't have gone with Indy, frankly. That's a good answer. Quick two-point bonus. Uh, okay. Uh, Two-point bonus. What is the name of the municipality where the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is located? You can lock them with whatever you want. I have no idea. Do you have any idea? Man, we're sucking right now. 
let's lock in up with that. Yeah, we're we're locked in. I'm trying to think about advertising. The Indianapolis Motors, the the Indy 500 coming to you live from blah, right? Something Indiana. Maybe the capital. That sounds too capital. I know that sounds too obvious of an answer. No, no, no. It's going to be the municipality means a different town name. So it's not technically in Indianapolis. It's in a suburb somewhere that's 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 what that's what the question would suggest. Yes, that's what that's what I'm taking from it as well. Uh, I I mean they call it the Brickyard. Who knows? Maybe they named the town Brickyard. Looks to me. I will say Brickyard. We We hate you. We went with Brickyard. They were not as creative as the city planners in this room because the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is located in Speedway, uh, Indiana. <laughs> Do you still hate us? Well, yeah, because we got it wrong, too. I hate Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right, no bonus there either. <sighs> question three. Uh, question number three category is, I wish I had two more legs so I could kick myself in the butt twice as quickly. Uh, you know what? That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> That's how I feel. It does not relate to creatures with four legs. That's just the sentiment that must be going through this person's mind on a daily basis. What did Ronald Wayne sell for $800 in April of 1976 that would have been worth billions today if he had held on to it? I think that's... I I remember that. Yeah. That sounds about right. We're locked up. Okay, so tell me what you're thinking. I'm thinking it's Apple stock. Was he like a co-founder? I think he was an early investor. An early investor. And so just in general, Apple stock. Because I say, I ask co-founder because stock, like a few pieces, like a number of shares, I would have a hard time thinking about billions. I would think it's more likely if it's a percentage of the company. Like if it was 5% of the company or something like that, then it could be billions. And stock might be generic enough to cover that. Any thought that it might be Microsoft and not Apple? Because I'm not familiar with the name. 76 would imply... 76 could imply either of those, I think. It could be a different company, potentially. Mm-hmm. What about Home Depot? No, I'm thinking it's tech. Tech. If it's tech, it's been, if it's worth a question and it's tech, it's either Microsoft or Apple. So Apple, Apple was Jobs and Wozniak, right? It's more Microsoft range time wise too. And Microsoft was was uh, Gates and Paul Allen, I think. Yes. Right. So this was some third third partner in this grouping here. Yes. And you think more Microsoft than Apple now? Time wise, Microsoft makes more sense. When do we do we know anything about when Apple might have first been getting started? Because if it's like the very beginning. Well, their computers were early 80s. Yeah. 2Es and stuff. But did they start with something before they built a computer? Like a program or motherboards? Or that, I don't know. I like Apple more in terms of giving a trivia answer. But I don't have any knowledge of the detail here. So that's just leaning towards it feeling more like a clever trivia question. For Apple as opposed to Microsoft. Microsoft's not a sexy, not a sexy company. You know, Apple's a sexy company. People like asking questions about Apple. 
Are you saying you don't find the Zoom to be <laughs> sexy media player? You said it, dude. Oh my god, Microsoft Media. What is it? Microsoft uh, Media Player. Oh my sure. Windows, Windows Media, media Player. player. Yeah, Get absolutely. that thing out of here. That's horrible. God, you leaned first towards Apple. Yes. You want to go with that? Let's yeah. Let's stick it. All right, we'll say Apple stock. I really wish you would talk to yourself into Microsoft stock as we wrote down his shares of Apple his stock. His share of Apple stock. I, I think he was the third guy after uh, Jobs and Wozniak. Uh, was it Wozniak? Yeah. Wozniak. Wozniak, he's the tennis player. Yeah. Wozniak, yeah. So that we said his share of Apple stock. It is true. He was a third-party investor who came in and had 10% of Apple stock. So it's Apple. All it's right. Apple. There you Good go. job, dude. Good job. Jonathan, you are a very persuasive bad influence. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, oh, my God, he's going to talk about Microsoft. He's going to talk about Microsoft. But then the logic came back. Right. Apple is a sexier question Absolutely, topic yes. than Microsoft yes. is. Great job on that. All right. At the end of the second round, Drew and Jeffrey have 50 Stephen and Jonathan have 20. It is 50 to 20. Round three. Round three, we're going to start off with, we're not going to talk about the hydroponic pineapples. Why not? I love hydroponic pineapples. They're so <laughs> moist. There you go. Who is the only character on the series SpongeBob SquarePants who is not a sea animal? I'm looking for a first name. I'm looking for a last name. Did you lock in? Yes, we did. Oh, why didn't you say so? Because I don't, I, well, because I've been saying let's lock it in. I don't think he ever confirmed. We're locked in. We're locked in. All right, so you're telling me there's a squirrel underwater? <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> I have an eight-year-old kid. That's good. I have a five-year-old. He's not allowed to watch this trash. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't watch this garbage. But it's not garbage, by the way. It's dude, garbage, dude. I, it's I have adult, a 15-year-old and an 18-year-old. SpongeBob actually is is not. SpongeBob's okay. Yeah. There, I'll, we can talk. We for have hours different later. versions of what's okay. Fair there. enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I don't. I don't need innuendos snuck into my five year old. Well, that's content. the thing. It was originally written for adults. But exactly. Didn't take off for adults, and kids ended up loving it. it yeah. It's it's Ren and Stimpy style yeah. stuff. That's not for mine. Uh, so you're telling me there's a squirrel underwater, and I believe her name is Sandy. Okay, and you think her last name is. I wasn't sure, so I believe Sandy Squirrel. Sandy Squirrel. It doesn't. I don't think Squirrel. SpongeBob SquarePants. Patrick. What's Patrick's last name? Star. Mm -hmm. Starfish. Don't know if he's gonna have one. Really? Squidward. What's Squidward's last name? I don't know. I, I haven't seen him forever. Okay. Well, I I got nothing. So Sandy Squirrel sounds good to me, dude. Sandy Squirrel. All right, what did well, y'all say? Unfortunately, I think you have the first name right. We both wrote down Sally as a first name and, like, went with that. But then he has the last name of Cheeks. And I think it works better as Sandy Cheeks Sandy than Cheeks Sally is a Cheeks. great name. So, but we locked in Sally we Cheeks. Randy Cheeks would be a great name, too. <laughs> so, just to be clear, your five-year-old can't watch SpongeBob, but you can make Randy Cheeks jokes with other men in hotel rooms all day long. <laughs> 41 years old, bro. <laughs> I I will admit that I, I sort of regret putting in the last name as well because the character's name is Sandy Cheek. Oh, oh 
I had Sandy Bottom written down, <laughs> and I I didn't have cheeks. Did you mean Randy Bottom? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, then, and then you were just like, well, that was just my last trip to the beach. Maybe I'm just. No, well, I said Sandy Bottom. And he pointed out they're in bikini bottom. I regret we, we both put Sally at the same time. Yeah, we, we did. We both instantly wrote down. Sally. And then we 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 just. Yeah. Wow, we were close, man. Miss. You were so close. I haven't seen SpongeBob. Yeah, so far, so far. The category now is, I guess, the 745 showing of Big Mama's House is sold out. What else would you like to see? Big Mama's House number two. <laughs> Return to the house. <laughs> and this is a music question. It is a music, an alternative music question. What 1929 French surrealist film is name-checked in the Pixies song Debaser? The opening track to their 1989 classic alternative album, Doolittle. Pixies, a huge influence on the wave of bands that came after them. Uh, most notably Nirvana, Kurt Cobain credited them with essentially the song structure that Nirvana became huge with. I couldn't name a French surrealist film. There's literally like no chance of me naming a French surrealist film from Do you know the... Don't give any more information. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you've already read the question. May I, may I reread the question? Yeah, yeah. but I won't help. I'm, I'm not a Pixies fan. Okay, that's what I, I was... I, yeah, I tried to listen to Frank Black really once, and it's not my jam. Okay. There's something about... Yeah, All right. Like, I don't know really it. This one is a little bit better, I think. All right, we're going to lock in. Okay. Um, so when, when French Surrealist film was mentioned, uh, the first one I thought of was the... The one that uh, Salvador Dali also helped create, which was uh, on Shen and Delu. But it just seems so obscure for this type of question and for the Pixies to, um, you know, to use it in their song. The other one that I thought Eddie was... Eddie drew the, uh, the moon with the, the rocket ship and its thing. And that's like Journey little, to the Moon? I, I don't know the name of it. If you, I think it's moon. called Journey to the Moon. I know that's I know that's early. I believe twenty nine works time frame wise, but I just don't know the name of the movie. I can picture it. It might not be it's a famous image. Yeah, it is, and and I think it's a French guy that did it. So it, it, it a thousand percent is. I just don't know the freaking name. I don't think we've got anything else. So go with it. We're going to go with Journey to the Moon. Okay. All right. So. The answer that I want to go with, that I wish I could go with, is a movie that I can't name any other part other than, like, Doctor. There's a weird, there's like a, a psych ward movie thing where it's Doctor so-and-so, and Doctor has a French name at the end of it. And it's it's not like the life and times of Doctor, such but it's something in front of it, Doctor, blah, blah. Literally the only part of that I could get was Doctor. You should go with Doctor, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. I think but I know it's surrealist, and I know it's French, or I believe it's French. Uh, but couldn't get to that. So just tried to name a movie that came out around that time frame, maybe, and said Metropolis, which I think is an old movie that came out around that time frame. Okay. Don't judge me. I'm not this judging you. not my I'm category. not judging you. I'm, I'm judging. I appreciate that. <laughs> You're like, I appreciate that. Uh, I was trying to think. I'm trying to. You're like, I'm not a, a huge. movie? I'm I'm familiar with it. I'm trying to remember who the director was. I oh. want to say it was 
I want to say Metropolis. It was Fritz, Fritz Lang, Lang, right? So French. no, it was not French. German. Okay. And I think yeah. the movie you were thinking of was the the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Yes, yes. that's yes. what I wanted to Which say. Which I think was a German expressionist movie as well. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we have Journey to the Moon and Metropolis. Metropolis, and this really, I you know this, I apologize uh, because this is really a song lyrics. Question. This is not a French surrealist film question. <laughs> yeah, but Pixie's lyrics are never going to go over. Yeah. Well, no, I, I don't think that's entirely fair. Well, the yeah, album, in LA, the album went gold, and, and I wouldn't have gotten it from the Pixies lyrics. Yeah, no, yeah. so that, I had to that's go a very small set of <laughs> listeners for the Pixies. The movie is referenced repeatedly within the lyrics of this album, sort of a landmark album of the genre, etc. And what is mentioned are. Repeatedly slicing up eyeballs. Yes. And the chorus is Shen Andalusia. Oh, oh no. Yes, it is Un Shen Andalus. Oh, holy crap, dude. Co-written by Salvador Dali. Well, Salvador Dali is the is the big name, but Luis Bun uh, Buñuel, who's a Spanish director. And of course, Dali, a Spanish artist, but it was produced in in France. It's a French surrealist film, twenty one minutes long, landmark. I am really upset right now. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, guys. We I'm going to be able to get very back in the game. Upset. I mean, yes. wow, dude! You named the most obscure French movie you can think of, and then you were like. No, nobody. That's way too obscure. <laughs> and then that's the answer. That's I amazing. wanted you to stop on Unchien Andalou. Oh my just gosh. To, just to say, see, see, everyone knows the Pixies. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Okay. okay. Dude, you're on a roll this week. Uh, you got Unchien Bison. <laughs> <laughs> Round number three, question number three. Category is, sorry, I can't understand what you're saying, eh? Ooh, what's this question about? <laughs> exactly. With approximately 43 million native speakers, where would you most likely live if you speak the Canada language? Spell Can I spell Canada? Canada? I'm afraid to ask. I was, was, was going to so ask you This is a bit of an introduction to something that we do on Monday nights in New Brunswick. Canada, that is spelled K as in Knightsbridge. I had a feeling. A as in Abyssidarian. N as in Narcolepsy. N as in Narcolepsy. A as in Abyssidarian. D as in Defenestration. A as in Abyssidarian. Why is it as in Abyssidarian? Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because it's not M as in Mnemonic. <laughs> <laughs> I dread when people ask him to spell a word because that's exactly how it goes down on Monday. I have four jokes. I love them all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more and more convinced it's one of these, and I'm leaning towards one of the ones in this subset. (laughs) Whichever one of those you like better. I, I honestly, something, so, you know what though? Something, I should listen to my gut. Something's pulling me towards the second one there. What if the answer is on Shen and on? <laughs> <laughs> If that is the answer, I'm, I'm walking out in the middle of this game. <laughs> that could have been my moment, right? That could have been. 
That would have been a I mean, lifetime it's a, moment. It's not like a half moment for you because you yeah. sort of pulled that out of your butt. You crossed it off. Yeah. People it in the hotel would have been like, what the hell was that noise? <laughs> from Jeffrey cheering and everybody going, oh! Then later they all see us emerging from this room and I'll be like, what? <laughs> Gonna go with it? Yeah. Oh man, I hope it's right. All right, we're locked in. All right, so our thought process was we both... We both kind of keyed in on, we thought it was in Africa. Jeffrey wrote down Democratic Republic of Congo. My thought was maybe Nigeria. Then we got to so many of these countries have like multiple languages. And my thought was, well, specifically like war-torn regions like the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Um, we felt Nigeria has a longer history of stability. So that's what we went with, but not a whole lot of thunder. We went in a different direction. There was something drawing me to South America. When you think of Southern, or when you think of South America, uh, colonization and whatnot, you think about Portugal, Portugal and Spain. But something, and it's either Africa or South America. One of those has had a Canadian quote unquote country where they got overthrown and were out of there. And that was the last time they did colonization and, and, and backed out, right? And we leaned towards uh, towards South America and kind of narrowed it down to Ecuador and Bolivia. And, and also the country volume of people sure. felt right. Africa, I get, I get scared of um, populations in Africa because those numbers can get so large uh, without you really feeling it or, or knowing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I 50-50'd it between Bolivia and Ecuador, and my heart was leading me to Ecuador. So we went Ecuador. So, yes, the question was based on find a place where there could be a language spoken by 43 million people and you wouldn't know it if you're sitting in a hotel room in New Jersey. Um, I'm sure there's lots of them. Mission accomplished. <laughs> yes, yes. The population of Ecuador total. I just looked is about 16 and a half million. Oh, uh, well, there we go. So you're out of there. You're out of there with that. Wah, wah, wah. Damn Africa it. was an interesting guess and made a lot of sense. Unfortunately wrong. I really thought this was, I, I've been sitting on this question for months. <laughs> We're sorry to have disappointed. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I apologize. Canada spoken by 43 million people, according to the, is spoken by 43 million people, according to the, Registrar General and Census Commissioner of India. And Canada what? is a language spoken in the lower southern half on the western side of the Indian subcontinent. Didn't you literally say to me, well, we know it's not something like India? Wow. <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten there. Holy moly, <laughs> India man. has something like tw uh, 23 official languages. Hindi is the... Uh, spoken by about half. Well, and each state has their own language. That, yeah, they. Uh, it's a. There's you a can lot spend of people to there's split around. around. Even you can cross so, yeah. lines as a possibility. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, after like the it. after the third round, the score is fifty for Jeffrey and Drew to twenty for Jonathan and Stephen. It is fifty to twenty. All right. So we're at the midpoint. We're at the midpoint. <laughs> Team wide. It's um, funny, I couldn't tell if you said Andrew or Andrew. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's the same damn phrasing. Yeah. Uh, okay, ha uh, halftime question. Four answers. 
aside from the 13 original colonies? What are the four U.S. states that were previously sovereign countries? I think I'm curious those four. States, I guess we'll call we'll that, right? I'm curious those four. Okay. We're going we're gonna to lock in. We are locked okay. in. Cool. We're locked in. Mm. You know, when, when Jim said the question, a couple that we wrote right away were Texas, Florida, and Hawaii. Those feel right. Uh, I think we're kind of debating on a fourth answer. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Louisiana. I thought maybe New Mexico. Um, we even thought about the Dakotas, you know, because of, you know, they, if, you, if you thought about Indian nations and stuff, and uh, I don't know how the sovereignty would work there. But yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at right now. What do you want to pull the trigger on? I mean, I felt like Louisiana was never really it's a sovereign yeah. thing. It was always possession of France. And I think you're right. It just stuck out just because of how culturally different. So like if we eliminate that, then we're down to Texas, Florida, Hawaii, and New Mexico. Let's do it. New Mexico, like I got nothing better, brother. Is there anything we're just missing? That we just haven't talked about. Well, let's about. see. We've named a total of seven because we put the Dakotas. Uh, so that leaves, yeah, 43 other states. <laughs> Which talking- minus the 13, so 30 other states. Is, is <laughs> Fanning included in the Dakotas? <laughs> but we, we also talked about Alaska, but we, we, yeah, I think no, we I mixed think that, that right yeah. away, I think. But you can see Russia from there. You can? Yeah. So, Texas, Florida, Hawaii, New Mexico. Let's just do it. Now we got at least a few points out of that. Okay. Then that's the fourth. Okay. We have some same answers. Texas, Hawaii. We got those. We pulled it down right away. We went through some states, potentially, but we went with Utah because Desiree. Maybe that was its own thing. And because the flag, California. So the Republic of California right on it. And we, I, I pushed us away from Florida. Uh, Florida was a Spanish colony, and there was a lot of fighting. In fact, there's a fort in St. Augustine that was taken and retaken, taken and retaken by the British and the Spanish and the British and the Spanish. I don't, I don't recall Florida ever being a sovereign country, so we didn't say Florida. Uh, but now I didn't grow up in Florida. I just lived there, yeah. so I missed the Florida-specific education when I was a kid. So I'll be really upset if it is. Uh, but I, 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 I liked R4. So Texas, California, Hawaii, and Utah. Okay. I crossed California off my list. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So, yes to Texas. Of course, yes to Texas. Uh, yes to Hawaii. Yes to California. Yeah. Nice job on that. New Mexico, I don't know anything about. I'm just going to say no and leave it there. Florida. Jonathan had asked me for a clarification, the states as we know them now. And I said, by and large, yes, I'm not getting involved in tiny little adjustments to borders or things like that. So if I recall, there was about 20 minutes once where there was a an attempted Republic of West Florida, oh, like which was just a panhandle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I may be wrong. Somewhere in Panama City, there's a seventh grade teacher screaming at their earphones right now. Desiree or Deseret, I don't know how it's pronounced, was not really an official country as I know. Now I have the entire state of Utah angry at me. 
and all my Mormon friends are angry at me. They're going to send you strongly worded letters. <laughs> they are. They are definitely going to. Yes. The elders who come visit my house to, to bring me the good word are, are going to straighten me out. The other state that we know it as today that was not one of the 13 original colonies was the 14th state admitted to the Union. Kentucky? Oh, no, no, Vermont. Not Vermont. Vermont. The free, they, they had something called like the free state of Vermont or something oh. like that. It was disputed between New York and New Hampshire for a while. And then they broke off. And for a few years, it was actually its own country. Oh, it's a little bit obscure. Then. In the late 18th century. Time. Yeah. I wow. see. So, That's a good but one. it was a sort of a bite taken out of the whole Pretty thing. Bad. No, I yeah. take that. We'll, we'll be happy with our two. We're cutting to the lead. <laughs> Really cutting in there. There. I know that that wasn't sarcasm at all. <laughs> I never know. It's a, it's a it's a it's <laughs> a not a super high score game to begin with. So any crown they make yeah, up makes absolutely. me nervous. All right. At the end of the at the end of midpoint, Drew and Jeffrey have sixty. Jonathan and Stephen have thirty five. Sixty to thirty five. All right, that is the end of the first half. And before we get on to the second half, I want to tell you about today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Water Cooler Trivia. Water Cooler Trivia is one of our longest-running sponsors, and we think they are just great. Water Cooler Trivia is one of the best ways to make Mondays suck less. Who is Water Cooler Trivia great for? Well, let's be honest, just about everybody, right? But if you have a group of friends, especially if you don't live close to each other, and you want to have a regular contest, Water Cooler Trivia is a great option. Uh, it's also great for offices, groups of coworkers, team building, that kind of thing. It's it's simple. You get a quiz sent to all the participants on Monday. They do the quiz. They put their answers in. It gets reviewed and scored on Monday night. And on Tuesday, everybody gets an email with the answers and the leaderboard so you can see who came out on top. If you're a manager in an office or an HR person, this is a great way to get your people talking to each other about something other than work to help them build those key relationships that are going to be critical to your success when hard times do come along. Teams that play together, stay together. So how does it work? You jump online at watercoolertrivia.com. You create a group. You get to choose what kind of categories you're answering. You get to choose how difficult it is. When you sign up the group, you'll get a custom link, and then you send that link out to all the people that you want to participate. It is super easy. Did you know that over half of the participants in water cooler trivia have gotten to know a coworker better through trivia? Seriously, over 25% of the people who play this game have met someone new in the office that they didn't know prior to doing water cooler trivia. It is a great tool in your toolkit to help build your team, and it's not overly expensive. In fact, right now you'll get a month for free. That's four free quizzes. That's right. And after that, it's just one or two bucks a month per person per month. You can't beat that, folks, unless you could also enter the Trivial Warfare referral when you sign up, and you can beat that. You can get three free months on a one-year sign-up. So that's 25% off the total cost of a year. That's the best deal you're going to get. Go to watercoolertrivia.com and sign up with the Trivial Warfare referral code and get your friends and your team set up to start enjoying some awesome trivia goodness. 
All right, let's go ahead and get started with the second half of today's game. Round four. Round four, question number one. You say tomato, I say tomato. I was hanging out with a new friend who's British this last week, and I loved the way she... Tomato. It was it was <laughs> awesome. So hi, if, if you're listening, hi, Anna. Uh, it was... It was uh, she just kept saying it for different reasons, and I enjoyed it every time. <laughs> All right. Question number one. What U.S. government body's motto is the following biblical passage? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And I want to be clear when I say U.S. government's body, uh, U.S. government body, I say that as to not lean in any direction by giving it a, a more specific classification within the government. All right, you want to lean to that? That's one I had written down, so yeah, let's go with that one. All right. All right, we're locked in. All right, so what I wrote down immediately as possibilities were the Justice Department and the Supreme Court. I think you pretty instantly wrote down the Supreme Court. Right. And then you wrote something else just now? I wrote the Department of Homeland Security. And where do you think that kind of comes from? Is it... The whole make you free thing where the land of the free and the home of the brave. So homeland kind of being in there. I kind of, I kind of like the play on words there. You at one point wrote down CIA. I feel like if it was CIA or FBI, like those are such older established that we probably would have heard this and recognized it at some point. Justice Department. I'm looking at that. That, that. Could be I'm okay with that. That was the first thing I wrote down. So I, I, I can't argue against the first thing I wrote down. That'd be like if I'm looking at the answers that we've just offered. Yeah. It feels like that, that could be it. Let's go with it. We'll lock in with Justice Department. Well, we talked a lot about a lot of the same stuff, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. We said we we were we looked at the FBI, education, knowing the truth. Sure. Uh, we looked at the Supreme Court. I didn't like Supreme Court because the Supreme Court's really not interested in truth. They're more interested in the Constitution, right? You brought up the Department of Corrections. We ended up going with the Department of Justice. The biblical passage, which is from the book of John, is the motto of the Central Intelligence Agency. It's on the face of the building. Wow. Dadgummit. Um... I'm sorry, buddy. No, I mean we shied away. I, was, I know, but I, I like shot yeah. it down though. Like I thought their motto was some Latin thing. I'll be honest with you. I, I believe it may be written in Latin. You know, the oh, more I think about just it, just quickly looking. If you've watched Homeland for a bit, I, I feel like that phrase might have come about. But like, it's only. I only watched the first two seasons. I watched the first no seasons. <laughs> it's a good show, and then it I is. finished the last no season. How was that last no season? Oh, man, I didn't even see it. (laughs) (laughs) Question number two. This one's going to make the highlight reel tonight. More rare than a perfect game, what was last achieved by Philadelphia Philly Eric Bruntlett on August 23rd, 2009? Yeah. That's the most rare thing. Yeah, that's got to be. Like, I don't think it's just... I'm pretty confident. No, no, no. It is rare. Well, it's the go with it. Go lock it. I like that answer. I'm, okay. I'm good with you locking it. We're locked in. So, you know, we just had a thought. Um, I wrote down unassisted triple play. You think it sounds pretty good I'm, to you? I'm very good with it. I mean, I, I don't know this fact. I don't know the person. Um, same and same, but 
That would definitely be rarer than a perfect game. Yeah, we're going to lock in with uh, unassisted triple play. There are very few things more rare than a perfect game in Major League Baseball. And unassisted triple play is definitely one of them. We also said unassisted triple play. And he's not the first Philly to do it, if it's right, because I think Mickey Morandini did it like 20 years before that. Maybe 10 years. It's happened 15 times in the book, uh, in the, the score book. But yes, it is unassisted triple play nice. is the answer. Oh, anytime they don't gain ground with us, I'm happy. <laughs> Question number three. The category is, I wonder if they still have my favorite appetizers. In February of 2017, Pam Beasley, a fictional character from the U.S. version of The Office, had an 11-year ban officially lifted from what restaurant chain? I first saw the show. Mm -hmm. What is it? Oh, damn. Pretty. You might be right. We'll say about it. We're going to wait for y'all because neither of us has ever seen the show. Yeah. All right. We're locked in. We're locked. All right. Took you long enough. Jeez. (laughs) Watch the show. God. (laughs) I've watched it like too many times. All right, so restaurants popular. I assume it's going to be a popular chain. Right, it's, and probably a blue-collar style being... I figure it's going to be like Applebee's. That's the first one I thought of. But or no TGI Fridays, yeah. or... What's the other? Chili's. Those are the three that came to mind. He wrote down Applebee's and Chili's. Well, sadly, though, the one I was most leaning to was TGI Fridays, which is not the one you wrote down. But they're all basically the same. There are. They are. I miss Bennigan's, by the way. Oh, man, Bennigan's. They're old Monte Cristos. Oh, they were so good. Oh. I think one of the last Bennigan's in the world was located maybe about 10 miles south of here. The intersection of Route 1 and Route 18. Really? Yeah. It was there until, I want to say, two weeks ago. About two weeks before... (laughs) They just knocked it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a Monte Cristo with the powdered sugar. Oh, so good. Uh, I might order like five things because I know I'll never eat it again. So. <laughs> what are you saying? They tore it down two weeks ago. No, he's lying though. <laughs> I'm okay with any of those three. I'm kind of leaning towards TGI Fridays. It, it's more Applebee's and Chili's are really generic. TGI Fridays has a little bit of flair. Uh, to, to pun a phrase. So you want to go with that? I'm fine with that. All right, we'll say TGI Fridays. All right, well, we definitely went with one on your list. I was ready to instantly lock Chili's. I felt very good about that. Jeff brought Applebee's into the equation, and that shook me a little bit, and I think that's just because I tend to frequent Applebee's more. The company actually, yeah, recently allowed Pam Beasley back in, and I'm pretty sure social media-wise, Chili's, is a little more fun than Applebee's with their social media accounts. So uh, we locked in with Chili's. Yes, it was a social media-driven situation. The actress Jenna Fisher took a picture of herself outside of a restaurant making a face and saying, do you think I should try to go in? Because her character Pam Beasley was banned uh, for falling off a bar stool, and they thought she was sneaking drinks. And so it was Chili's who let Pam Beasley back in. Oh, jeez, dude. And the 
end of the fourth round. Jeffrey and Drew have 80. Jonathan and Steven have 45. It is 80 to 45. We're risking getting doubled up over here, man. We need to make a move. Round five. Question number one. Do you have this store in an extra small? Opened in 1902 under the name Golden Rule. What department store chain's mother store still operates in Kemmerer, Wyoming, population 2,656. And when you say still operates... It, it operates under, under the, so the, under the store, current name. It was founded in Wyoming. Yes. Okay. And it operates under its current name, but keeps the store open under its current name in Kemmerer, Wyoming, mm -hmm. because that was the original location. You said department store, right? Yes. I hate department stores. I know. <laughs> we just went over this last Damn night. Uh, Let's ride with it. All right. We're going to lock in. Do you, do you have to? <laughs> uh, all right. You're, you're the mastermind on this one. Dude. I am not so, the mastermind. Yeah, I just, I'm just writing He's answers He's the mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was easy to eliminate department stores, but just to come up yeah, with... Yeah, we eliminated Nordstrom pretty quickly. Like, <laughs> we don't think it's... Macy's or well, Woolworth or um, J.C. Penny, I think we don't think. I don't know where they were found, but it doesn't feel right. So we're we're trying to go like next second tier, next you know, kind of the the B list <laughs> department stores like oh wow, like Dillard's. No, no offense, Dillard's, Boscov. No filler. What? Who? Boscov. Boscov. What's that? I kind of like Boscov. Uh, and. I know Fortune Off is a department store. So those are like where we're thinking. If, if we were to pick between these three, like Dillard's, Boscov, Fortune Off, like Boscov. They, they seem like an old one too, right? Yeah. Or at least all their stores feel like they've been around since 1902. <laughs> <laughs> Boscov, if you're listening, you guys could use an update. <laughs> That's a product mix burn. Let's go with it. I mean, okay. we don't know we're gonna we're gonna lock in with Bosco. Man, y'all named something I never even heard of before. I suggested J.C. Penney's, and the reason is I believe it was founded by brothers, and I believe it was founded in the very early twentieth century. So I do believe it's that old. There's something niggling around in the back of my head that's relating it to Golden Rule too, which is why at the end I started pushing harder for it. So we locked in with J.C. Penney's. Okay. You can still go to the mother store. Uh, apparently, the reviews are that it's basically like any other version of their department store, but just with a couple of old cash registers over in the corner. And if you want to go see some old cash registers in Kemmerer, Wyoming, there is no better place to go than J.C. Penney. Nice. Yes! Nice Bonus question, two points. Oh! Ooh. I don't know about uh, there being two brothers founding J.C. Penney. That may or may not be the case. However, J.C. Penney were the initials of one, of, at least one of the founders. I will tell you right now, the J is for James. What does the C in J.C. Penney stand for, which was his name? His middle name began with C. What was it? We're locked in. All right, so 
like Hans Christian Andersen yeah. is a mm-hmm. is an older name, so it's you know I, it's I, in use. I would lean toward this one. You like that better? And not not what about that one? I like the the middle one first. But. All right, we'll go with that. I'm deferring to Stephen away from Christian, and we're going Charles, James Charles Penny. Okay. See, we didn't think it was going to be a more common name like Christopher or Charles or something like that. So my unusual name that I wrote down was Cornelius, and Jeffrey wrote down Coolidge. Coolidge. And we went Coolidge. Okay. Drew and Jeffrey, you were moving in the right direction. Again, a question worth asking. If it was just Charles or Christopher or whatever, that would be kind of boring, kind of mundane. James Penny's middle name, the C in J.C. Penny. Unfortunately, <laughs> it is cash. <laughs> what? He gone. James what? Cash Penny. What? That's a great, <laughs> a great question. <laughs> well, it's a good name. <laughs> That's a great name. Oh, man. Oh. Was that somewhere in the back? Yes. Oh. All right. Nobody's gotten any bonus points, by the way. The bonus I, questions are hard. They're hard, but, but I, feel, that's what it should, I feel like that's what it no, should No, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. All right. Okay. We need another couple of those, my man. Yep. Speaking of bonus questions, moving back into the neighborhood of the first bonus question. But the category title is, why did Constantinople get the works? That's nobody's business but the Turks. All right. It is a geography question. Oh, I was really hoping it was a they might be giants question. <laughs> and yet the pixies are too obscure. <laughs> Do you know the difference between the pixies and they might be giants? Yes. Very much so. to one. one of them makes quality music. Right. <laughs> and it's not the pixies. Oh, the pixies make quality music. What body of water separates the city of Istanbul into its European and Asian districts? You can walk over a footbridge and go from the continent of Europe to the continent of Asia. What the grasshopper in uh, A Bug's Life would say, Asia. Do you have any idea? Something coming to you? You said it was a a river or... No, no, it's a body of water. Is that a thing? Then roll with it. I got, like, I told you, I have nothing. It sounds like I'm still in that range. I mean, the, the thing is, there's See, also... See, I know that... Versus the, Mag of Nothing is fully here right now. I mean, there's also the spot, but they kind of... And I know that these things right here are... Like, well, these are all connected. Uh, but this is the one that, I, if, if we go with it, I'd lean towards that. I don't think it's in the right location, though. I don't think that's where the city is. Because this thing, this body of water runs through the city. Right? Yeah. It separates the city. I don't think that's it either. I don't think it's it either. I think you're right. I think it's I think it's something like that. Do I just go with that wrong answer? Yeah, that's with all the wrong answer. All right. Jeff, they're, uh, they're, they did the whole locked in thing. Are you locked in? Yes. We're so, locked in. We wrote three bodies of water. Um, I bet I know what they are. I'm sure you do. We wrote the uh, the Dardanelles, the Sea of Marmara, and Bosphorus. And like, unless there's other rivers that we're missing, I mean, that's we think it might be one of those. And I initially wanted to go Sea of Marmara, but it's just odd for a sea to split a city. Like, it, I mean, seas are big; they, they're wide. And 
so then you were also pointing me towards maybe let's pick one of the other two and then you like the Bosphorus a little bit better than the other answers. Yep. But I've got like no thunder other than right, just right. what felt right. Let's just go with the, the Bosphorus. And All right. That's our um, final answer. Oh, that sucks. Yes, it does. That's that's the B word that you were looking for? I just couldn't. <laughs> we we had Dardanelles written down. We had CMR Mar written down. We had Gallipoli written down. We didn't think it was any of those because I don't think those are directly right there. The Bosphorus is the one we were looking for. We ended up with a straight of bismuth, which we know is a science term, but that's as close as we can come up to Bosphorus. Bismuth is a science term. Yeah. Science. Remember, science. You, well, you, the you science you were looking for was phosphorus, which rhymes with bosphorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it. Well, that was you. I mean, your gut yeah, but, led us in that direction. But you let me pull the trigger on it, so I'm giving you credit there, buddy. All right, question three. Question three, but wait. Before you order, there's more. What is the name of the man who brought the pocket fisherman, the Vegematic, the electric food dehydrator, and GLH9 hair in a can to the television viewing public? Yeah, we're locked in. We're locked in. I think they're lesser... Known. Yeah. I, I think of like I think they're earlier things, but I think the but wait there's more was a Billy Mays thing. What was that him? I'm pretty sure. It's not sure. the uh the uh, the rotisserie guy, Ron Pope Pope Popeil ish. Does didn't he say but wait there's more? I don't know. And he did he was more f- food products too, right? Uh, that, um, it, go with it then. But you wrote Billy Mays right away. I mean, I feel like I've looked at I mean, at, that just, that just pops lately, for infomercial for me. At least two of those are, like, food-related products. And I think Ron Popeil was bald, too. So he uh, he might be able to better market hair in a can. Roll with it. I mean, tell me more about Billy Mays, because you wrote that right away. And I'm like, oh, Billy Mays is awesome. So you really need to know. Did those products resonate with you? Um, I mean, he's done some food stuff. Um, there was a burger thing he did. I know he did OxyClean. Let's let's go with it. Go with it. Go we'll, with it. Uh, lock in with Ron Popel, and I can spell it if you need to. But I hate you. Oh my god. Yes. As featured in a Weird Al song, Mr. Popel, Ron Popel. Interesting bit of. Trivia, much like professional wrestling, has a number of families that are dynasties within it, and you don't realize, I don't know if there are any pro wrestling fans listening, but there are sort of family dynasties. Like the Runnels and the... Yeah. For Dusty Rhodes and his kids. Exactly. Right? There's the... I want Von Erichs. A Noah family of Samoa. Yeah, oh yeah. Samoa. The, the Rock oh, yeah. and all the Samoans. Yeah. yeah. Ron Popeil, or Popeil... I think I think Weird Al calls him Popeil, but yes, we all knew it was Ron Popeil. Ron Popeil is related to Billy Mays oh <laughs> through marriage. And the whole thing, if you look into it, there are a number of these sort of pitchmen. They come out of a history of the southern New Jersey boardwalk culture, Wildwood, Asbury Park. Or, uh, but not Asbury Park, Atlantic City. But that that's a thing that people would do on their family vacations. They'd come in from Philadelphia or New York, and part of the entertainment was watching 
as some guy out of the back of a truck in 1962 was selling the slices, dices, juliennes, things, and selling people stuff on the boardwalk. Wow. So yes, Ron Popeil, and yes, of course, that they might be Giants fan, would pick up on the weird Al Yankovic oh, no, connection. Sure. <laughs> sure. I want a Vegematic. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Uh, I was really just, when you said Billy Mays and had confidence at first, I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why we're a team, Jonathan. He had more confidence. It's just that the first name that always just pops to me with infomercials is just Billy Mays. You got Billy Mays here. I just, I just love Billy Mays. Sure. And there's yeah, the ShamWow yeah. guy who got beat up by a hooker. Vince. <laughs> Vince. Vince Shamoli or something like that. Yeah, Shamoli. That's a good New Jersey name, isn't it? <laughs> All right. At the end of the fourth, or at the end of the fifth round is 100 to 65. 100 to 65. We cannot catch them in the sixth round. It's not doubled up right now. But we now. need to make sure we don't get doubled up. All right. Round six, question number one. The category title is, I just came along for the ride. What was the last name of the Apollo 11 astronaut who did not leave the command service module during the first moon landing? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're locked in. I think so. Apollo 11? That is, uh, that was with Neil Armstrong, yes. Buzz Aldrin, yep. and in the module, or was uh, Michael Collins, mm-hmm. right? So Collins would be the last name. So we'll lock him with Collins. You also have Collins? Sure did. Yes. You maintain your 35-point lead. The answer <laughs> is Michael Collins. Question number two. This is a vocabulary question. If something or someone is referred to as mellifrous, what are they known for? Jeffrey. I'm afraid to ask, but I do want to hear that spelling. (laughs) (laughs) There goes the bandwidth bill. (laughs) Mellifrous, that is spelled M as in mnemonic, E as in euphonic, L as in lugubrious, L as in lugubrious, I as in ignominious, F as in funicular, <laughs> E as in euphonic, R as in reticulating, O as in obsequious, U as in ululating, S as in sycophant. Mellifrous. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. And what was the question? <laughs> How do you spell? <laughs> If something or someone is referred to as mellifrous, what are they known for? Any idea? I have no idea. Great. Okay. It'll be that. That works. We're locked in. We're locked in. Why did you pack Chris's bag of nothing with you, Jonathan? Dude. He snuck it in your suitcase, didn't he? No, I think he shipped it to Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Jim brought it with him. I was smart this morning. I don't know. You ate the breakfast here. Well, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That yeah, it was a breakfast that did it. It was a mellifrous breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I really have nothing. It's not related to the metal words that I like melatonin or that kind of stuff. It's not the same. Mellifrous, M E L L I. It's not 
not coming to me at all. Uh, this, the only like sound comes to me, but I don't see how you would get sound out of this. So like having a good singing voice or something like that. I have literally, I'm with Drew. I have nothing on this one. You know, he just makes You're with like up. everyone in the room except for Jeffrey, who has like no. a bag of maybe. <laughs> you want to go with they have a good singing voice? Why not? All right. They have a good singing voice. We locked in with their musical talents, but we can be more specific if you want me to be. I don't need you to be in the interest of time because it's wrong. <laughs> right now uh, somewhere there are 314 women named Melissa who are cursing your names really Melissa and Meliferous are both derived from the Greek Melissa is a woman's name and the Greek it comes from the Greek meaning honeybee and Meliferous means yielding or producing Honey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Never in a million years. Years. Not a chance. Never, never, never. That's a good one. That is a Got a pocket full of quarters, and I'm headed to the arcade. Oh. Oh, why would I be happy about that? A novelty song. Oh. Uh, not, not, <laughs> not ringing a bell? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Introduced in 1991, what character is the mascot of the video game company Sega? Oh, we can lock that in. Absolutely. Yeah. You know it too, right? Yeah, thousand percent. We're in. Okay. Sonic. Like, we don't... Yeah. yeah. We agree. All right. Not a clue on that that uh, song lyric? Nope. Pac-Man Fever. Never even heard of it. Okay. Fair enough. So that's round six. I assume that was a correct answer? But, uh, yes. Sonic the Hedgehog is good. Nice. Yes. Uh, at the end of the sixth round, scores 120 for Drew and Jeffrey to 85 for Jonathan and Steven. 120 to 85. And the category for the final question is going to be... Welcome to New Jersey. It's free to come in, but you got to pay to leave. Oh, great. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you got to pay to drive down the road, too. Our, our toll tunnels and bridges in every direction around the state, you can get in for free on the George Washington Bridge, the Holland Tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel... The bridges from Philadelphia. It doesn't cost you money to come into New Jersey. It's like a roach motel. It costs you 15 bucks or, 40 <laughs> or six bucks. It does. So these are not questions directly about the state of New Jersey. All right. All right. I would, I'm not so, that mean, but so. they are questions with a tie to New Jersey. They're doing that. That's the logical one. That's what they're doing, which means we need to do this. No. No? Are you sure? What? No. Why not? Are you scared? This has been a tough game. So, like, if we get one wrong... We but the, the category is New Jersey. We got two Jersey people versus it's one Jersey person. It's New Jersey adjacent. <laughs> we got two Jersey people versus one we're, Jersey we're, we're locked in already. We have our wager locked yeah, in. Yeah, well, we need to lock in ours. Well, pick what you want to do. What you want to... I don't, I don't... You, you know. want me to lock your wager in for you? Nope. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. 
What, just out of curiosity, what do you think we did? I think you went 34. <laughs> well, we'll see. But we'll see how, what happens. <laughs> Question number one. The title is, you're going to want an aisle seat. Starting this October, a previous record holder for the longest scheduled non-stop airline flight in the world will be relaunched. It had been discontinued for a number of years. One of the airports is Newark Liberty International Airport. Where is the other airport located? For the single longest nonstop flight. Yes. It had previously existed. They discontinued it. Now they have a new, more efficient and plane. Is longest nonstop by time or by distance? I believe it's both, but definitely time. By time. Yes. Okay. Scheduled. Longest scheduled nonstop airline flight. Okay. Still, I mean, every flight is scheduled. It could have been either. Regularly scheduled. Well, no, no. It's, it's Yes, I understand. Yeah. Logbooks, etc. You locked in? In New York. All right. So what I'm thinking is a flight can only be so far. Before you would go the other way, right? Correct. Halfway around the world, go one way. And if it's further around, go the other. Except the world turns clockwise. Okay? Yes. So if you're in Newark and you take off and go across the Atlantic, the world is moving against you. Meaning if you're essentially going high enough up, it's spinning underneath you and you come back down and you're in a different place further along, right? So you could actually get further distance-wise um, if you went the same amount of time in the air if you went that way. So that's something that's on my mind. No, I'm okay with that. All right. Our answer's locked in. Question number two. If you have six hours, I can tell you which member of your family you dislike the most. It's a question about the board game Monopoly. Okay. Ben. <laughs> As the person in my oh. family, I dislike the most. Oh, okay. <laughs> Saved about six my, hours. My Trivial Warfare family. Oh. <laughs> Ben's a huge Monopoly cheater. Oh. I mean, player. <laughs> I mean, player. Sorry, I get them mixed up sometimes. Player. <laughs> he's, he's a Monopoly player. All but one of the color-coded properties in the game of Monopoly are named for streets or locations in Atlantic City, New Jersey. What color is New York Avenue? 100%. I'll do that. All right, we're locked in. What were you thinking? I thought red was like Indiana, um, Indiana, uh, Illinois, Kentucky or something like that. Yeah. And then I think... I'm disappointed that you can't just write the whole board in your mind there, Jeffrey. No, I mean, I... I'm not a board game. I know you're not a board game player. Well, <laughs> like a, not an avid one. So if I haven't seen it in a while, it's just it's not all there. I think I think you're right though. Let's think about that. Something not yellow. That's where like Atlantic, Ventnor, Marvin Gardens. Red, I, I think, is like Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky. I think orange, I guess, would be. New York, what would be the other property? I'm still feeling red though. There's a, what, St. Charles? Isn't that like purple ish? St. Charles? 
Purple is uh, like the Balt- Baltic uh, Mediterranean. So I don't have a good memory of this board. Well, I'm 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 actually more than thinking McDonald's Monopoly. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good route to go. <laughs> it's it's um, sad but true. It's like okay, what piece? Says the man who walked in with a McDonald's bag <laughs> to the hotel room this morning. Uh, well, you've collected well, plenty of pieces. We are, we, we aren't letting my girlfriend listen to this episode now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me under the bus while we're both trying to eat healthy. Well, what is that? What would be in the neighborhood of New York? I'm feeling red. Okay. We're locked, locked in. in. All right. And the final question, the title is Just Another Peon to Male Adolescence and Its Refusal to Grow Up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What are you, my psychiatrist? <laughs> no, that was a line from, uh, I believe, the movie Mallrats. Oh, man. oh wow. <laughs> I, know I, I know a lot of Mallrats. Oh, please please tell me this I is a Kevin it. Smith category. <laughs> <laughs> and the question is, in director Kevin Smith's View Askewniverse, what is the name of the superhero duo based on Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah, I know. Well, okay, write it down and lock it in. Let me write it down. Yeah. Oh, that's the question I should have started with. <laughs> okay. Yep, locked in. Yeah, we're locked. All right. We are locked in. Question number one. Starting this October, a previous record holder for longest scheduled nonstop airline flight will be relaunched. One of the airports is Newark Liberty International Airport. Where is the other airport located? We said... Sydney, Australia, and there's a lot of logic about which way the world turns and what cities are in the area and whatnot, but we ended up with Sydney, Australia. As the world turns. We went with uh, Singapore. I feel like I've heard this before in my current events, kind of, you know, studying week by week. I don't know if my memory is a bit is a bit blurred. It could also be Bison. Hong Kong, but we went with Singapore. <laughs> All right. Well, that's okay. that'll be a big difference maker then. Question number two. All but one of the color-coded properties in the game of Monopoly are named for streets or locations in Atlantic City, New Jersey. What color is New York Avenue? So what did you guys go up? You had a big dramatic debate. What did you we end up ended with? ended up with... We ended up with orange, orange, and I'm feeling very shaky. <laughs> you shouldn't feel shaky. So from the bottom of that row, you have St. Charles Place, you have States Avenue, and you have Virginia, which are purple. There's your St. Charles. You have St. James Place. You have Tennessee. You have New York. Then you have Indiana... Kentucky or Kentucky, Indiana, and Illinois. So the answer is definitely orange. Whew. Told you. Cross our fingers. Question number three in director Kevin Smith's View Askewniverse. What is the name of the superhero duo based on Jay and Silent Bob? We went with the very popular Blunt Man and Chronic. We also went Blunt Man and Chronic, and of course they're their villain, played by Mark, Mark Hamill, Hammer. <laughs> Give him a hand. Yeah, do that. All right, so we've said our answers. Well, let's go in reverse order because the only answer we had different was the last one. So yes, in reverse order. Yes, the answer is Blunt Man and Chronic. The color-coded properties, as Jonathan has already confirmed and cleared up any doubts. 
New York Avenue is the most expensive or premier orange property. Man, I was so wishing y'all guys <laughs> said freaking <laughs> red. Freaking red, man. And the previous and future longest scheduled nonstop airline flight. It was a business decision. It was canceled. Now they have a, an airplane that uses about 25% less fuel. Jonathan, it was very interesting listening to your celestial reasoning. <laughs> it, let's, it always goes well to listen to my celestial reasoning while drinking celestial seasoning. Yes. <laughs> For those at home, he took out his sextant. <laughs> he found the North Star. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, y'all were shocked by how big that sextant was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think mean, it's a lot of use. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sydney, Australia, great guess. It is not correct. The airline flight, and I don't know that they've given a number yet. This came out a few months ago. It is a scheduled flight, the return of Singapore Airlines. Oh! With the longest flight. Wow. Sometimes it just comes down to the nerd who reads the... Online news. Oh my god. Yes, my oh wager doesn't suck now. <laughs> boo. So much boo. boo. All right. Absolutely. Boo earns. Well, I can tell you this it's going to be a pretty big gap because we bet it all. So oh, wow. we bet 85. What did you guys wager? 51. 51. 51. So we were covering the, the doubling up. Your final score is 171 to 0. 171 for Jeffrey and Andrew. 0 Good for job, Jonathan man. and Steven. Congratulations, guys. You're the winner. That was fine. When you, when, you, when you called out my testicular fortitude, I wrote down 119. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny if that's what it ended up being. 1-0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually glad they got it right because at least us going big was the right way to right. Absolutely. And that, that, that is a strategy when you're the second place team. If, you, if you're if you pretty confident the other team's not going to overbet you to, yeah. to risk losing, then going big is the right move. So When is uh, Andy Saunders going to write his uh, trivial warfare betting strategy? Does he have one? He's got one for Jeopardy. He, it was oh. fairly recent, but really, <laughs> very detailed. And That's funny. I oh, feel like he man. could write one for this show. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, that was terrifying. All right, we're, we're about to wrap up, dude. Don't walk away. <laughs> I'm walking. I was just throwing out my cup. And now it's time to do our promotions in the Trivial Warfare Army. First up is a name I missed last week. I really apologize. Andrew Skinner is a new major in the Trivial Warfare Army. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Christina Johnson has joined us as a new lieutenant colonel. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Christina. Uh, Brianna Garden has promoted herself from major to lieutenant colonel. That's also outstanding. Thank you, Brianna. It was great getting to hang out with you at the Bards in Philadelphia just a couple of weeks ago as well. It was... Uh, I absolutely love, love, love getting to travel to see you guys. It's awesome. Rebecca DeMott is joining us as a new captain. Welcome, Rebecca, and thank you. Ronnie Bach is a new lieutenant. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Ronnie. Charles Yu has joined us as a captain. Thank you so much, Charles. Russell Collins has hit the list as a new major. Welcome, Russell. Thank you. Uh, we just recorded some shows today. 
Uh, and I believe we used one of your questions, as a matter of fact. So that was awesome. And last but not least, we have a new lieutenant colonel. It is Tony Rask. Thank you so much, Tony. Fantastic. These awesome people are supporting the show financially. They did that by going to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and picking the tier that felt right to them. You can do that, too. Just go to TrivialWarfareArmy.com to uh, find out how you can support the show. Uh, before we go, I like to give people a chance to do shout outs or to uh, promote anything they want to promote. So, Drew, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I'll do a little more self promotion. I host a podcast called Nerd Off, as we talked about earlier. Um, it's fun. I like to say it's as if this show and Triviality got drunk at a holiday party and had a little baby. That would be Nerd Off. Kind of took a little brief hiatus, but I'm back on track with editing and producing it now. So, we uh, actually put out a new episode at the right before I came over to record this today. So give it a listen. Jeffrey's been on there. It's got his stamp of approval. <laughs> Jeffrey's like, well, hold on now. Hold on. <laughs> He's agreed to be on it again. <laughs> All right. And how do people, where do people find it? Actually, the, the real great thing would be if you go on Facebook and follow the Nerd Off page on there. Just search Nerd Off. Uh, it's always linked through there, too. Or go on to your... Handy dandy iPhone and search on the on iTunes. Uh, but yeah. All right. Jeffrey. Well, I mean, this game has been a blast. Jonathan, thank you for uh, visiting New Jersey as much as, well, despite what you might have heard about New Jersey. I mean, we are. Oh, I have a cool story here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I hope you enjoyed the company. All, all the, all the trivia that, we've been that was doing. pretty good. I'm going to plug, you know, the Sinister Six, you know, my Geek Bowl team. Uh, Scott Barber, Dan Lundberg, Mike Cameron, Wesley Wells, and Phil Sanford. And then just one more, you know, it was great last night that, you know, we met a couple of uh, New Jersey folks that we hadn't, that, that, that I hadn't known before that are also Trivial Warheads. Uh, they were in the restaurant. They were in the same. We, exactly. had a we had a meet up with 12 people at a table. There were three other listeners of the show on different teams in the same restaurant that didn't come play with us. I was like, oh, man. And you were like a little bit of a celebrity because there was the one gentleman who tried telling his colleagues that you were going to be here and they didn't believe it. They didn't believe that the legend Jonathan Oaks <laughs> was coming here. So I just wanted to say, you know, reach out to me, especially if you're from Jersey. I can, you know, hook you up with, you know, games that I know in the area and we'll continue growing our New Jersey uh, trivia community. That's awesome. And they can find you on Facebook, right? Yeah. Very cool. Gentlemen, Jim, your turn. All right. Uh, naturally, I'm going to plug my weekly Monday night trivia at George Street Alehouse. Uh, that is in New Brunswick, New Jersey. The questions asked today were more or less in the vein of what I do. There's a little bit, it's a little looser in the bar. As I said before, and I, I was serious, I do private events. I do corporate events. Triviajim at gmail.com. Uh, I am licensed by the internet as a, a wedding officiant. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, hope to, see, uh, hope to see people around. And thank you very much for allowing me to host this. Oh, it was a blast. A lot man. of fun. You just made me think, so, like, if you're if you're the officiant at a wedding and you say, "Do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband?" and she's like, "I don't know, I'm stumped," 
I need to think about this one for a second. It's a trivia question. <laughs> as long as, long as, yeah, as long as Drew's not there to talk her out of it. Oh. <laughs> well, wow. I, I could also be the officiant. I'm That's also true. ordained online. There you go. <laughs> All right. Very cool. And uh, Stephen, last well, up, man. First, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. It was a, it was a blast. Last thanks night and here. today. And uh, I just shout out to Allie and the rest of the New Jersey crew. Be great to play with on a daily basis. Most people don't know this, even on Facebook, actually. Oh. Because I don't mention it often. But my kid has autism. Okay. Which, normal. There's a lot of kids have autism. But just treat them fairly. It happens all the time when kids aren't treated fairly. Especially kids with diseases and issues. Yeah. Just treat, especially kids, fairly. They deserve it. Very good. Are there any resources around that that you support that you want to share? Um, my brother does... Every year, it happened right this year, but Hunter holds a golf in one day with two of his friends. Yeah. Sun up to sunrise, golf all day. That's a fundraiser. That's uh, L's for autism. And there's a million other things. Absolutely. All right. So, 100 holes of golf and other autism-based charities. Check them out. Very cool. Thank you. And that is going to wrap us up. So, for Steven, for Jim... For Jeffrey and for Drew, I am Jonathan, and this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, find it at propodcastingservices.com. There are a couple of things that you should know about. Um, there is a tool called the Levelator which is a free tool and what it does is takes low sounding portions and brings them up a bit and takes high sounding portions and brings them lower a little bit. Ooh, I like that. So it levels out your show. Ooh. Um, and it's automatic by the way, your flies down. Um, Jeffrey, why'd you pull that down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, let's, uh, let's all mute our phones. Start a ring. Yeah. Well, by mute. I mean, look up the answer. <laughs>